Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom of Space. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is the Gist of Freedom. Earthly Gist, Preston will be online in a few seconds. Uh, Mr. uh, William Jackson, are you on the line? Yes, ma'am, I sure am. Would you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes. Uh, my name is William Jackson. I hope everybody's having a good evening. Um, I am a teacher with Duval County Public Schools. I teach at a STEM school, which most people know as science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. But also it includes the arts, which would make it the STEAM. Uh, I've been teaching over 20 years. I'm an engineering teacher and technology teacher. Um, I'm a graduate from South Carolina State University and Webster University. I'm married to Cheryl, who is my wonderful, supportive wife, and I just like being a part of my community and participating in community events and activities, being a mentor. Um, I'm a blogger as well, and just like being a part of technology itself and helping to people understand how to use technology effectively. So basically, that's me, and I hope that, that gives people an opportunity to understand who I am and, and what I do as well. Okay, I'm here now. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes, is this William Jackson? Yes, it is. Okay, William. Uh, Are you on the air with anyone? I'm not sure. I know there were some technical difficulties, but I just gave a little introduction about myself. Okay, great. Uh, Well, fill me in. You are um, an educator? Yes, sir. I'm educated with Duval County Public Schools here in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, what is a STEAM, S-T-E-A-M, instructor? Well, STEAM instructor basically works in the area of science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. So basically teaching students about how to incorporate technology and the arts and mathematics into a curriculum that sets a foundation for them to go on to middle school and high school and look forward to careers in those areas as well. So when you talk about STEAM, you're talking about a curriculum that embraces a lot of dynamics that helps to motivate motivate the youth into future careers and even some careers that haven't even been created yet. And it's just motivating and exciting the kids about the great opportunities in the science field, Um, accepting and embracing technology, understanding actually what engineering is, because a lot of people have different definitions about engineering. And those youth that have skills in the arts also understand that they can embrace and use the arts. And also, importantly, uh, mathematics, you know, using mathematics during their whole life and understanding that math is a part of life and not to be scared of math. I see. 
Um, so, and what's a blared? Oh, a blurred is a black blurred. nerd. Blurred. Yeah, yeah, tell us about that. Well, the term has been around for a couple of years, and I wrote a blog on my um, a blog site about blurs, and basically it arrived because myself, my wife, and a couple of friends of ours, uh, Tiffany Duhart, Lee Brown, and a couple of others, we like to attend technology workshops together here in uh, Florida. So we went recently in uh, December to a WordPress site, a WordPress conference, and we were learning about the applications, how to use uh, WordPress to blog, and the different dynamics about it. We had such a good time that day. When we came back home, uh, a real good friend of mine, Tiffany Duhart, she's heavily involved in technology. She said it was great hanging out with the blurbs. And at that time, I didn't understand what a blurb was, so I went online and looked it up, and it fit exactly what we were. We were blacks involved in technology. We embrace technology. We communicate with technology, and it's just the idea that technology opens up a lot of avenues for careers and connections using different types of technology, whether it's an iPad or a laptop or a you know, smartphone or whatever you have, and it allows you to connect with different people in different environments. But being black or African-American, whatever the term you feel comfortable with, opens up a lot of doors to share information and to um, use technology. I see. So uh, looking back um, in your involvement in technology and science and engineering, yeah. uh, do you think now that you were blurred before you heard the term? And if so, how old were you? When did you get involved oh. in that? Oh, definitely. Um, I've always been a blurred or a nerd or a geek, whatever term um, you know you want to define it as, because I've, I've been using technology since the, the middle 80s. And just briefly to get you up to speed, um, I used technology when I was a physical education teacher in Palaka, Florida. And the reason I got involved with it was because it was an end of year and I had the opportunity to give physical education awards. And I didn't want to just write out an award by hand, and I was looking for something that I could do to really signify the kids' achievement in school. And at that time, the media specialist at my school said, well, why don't you print it out on the computer? And I was, like, amazed. I was like, you can really do that? And she was like, yeah. So she took me to the media center and sat me down at an Apple IIe and showed me how to do an awards program. And from there, I was totally hooked. You know, it was like a light bulb came on, came on, and I was just so excited about the possibilities. And from there, every opportunity that I had, I took workshops in technology. Um, I was able to go to seminars and conferences, and there was so much that was out there to learn. I just embraced it. I wasn't scared of it. It was just the excitement of learning something new and the productivity that went along with it, what you could actually do to enhance the skills that you have. And from there, um, I've been blessed to have jobs with uh, Florida Department of Education. I've worked with NASA, um, technology contact at my school. So it just, you know, there's just so much that's involved in it. I guess you can hear about it here from the passion of my voice that technology is so enriching and empowering that now I like to try to instill that into youth, at, not only at my school but on the collegiate level and with my friends as well. Mm-hmm. 
So what advice would you give to parents uh, for them to encourage uh, their children to get involved? And if uh, they have the aptitude, how do they foster that aptitude for science and technology Mm -hmm. and engineering and the arts? Right. I think one of the important issues is to look at technology as empowering and what it allows you to do. Don't look at it as just um, just a, a tool to accomplish one thing. There's so many things that you can accomplish with technology, and parents need to understand that technology opens up so many doors for their children in life. It's just phenomenal. You know, in a lot of cases, sometimes parents are like, well, they want to steer their children, particularly their boys, to athletics. But you also have to talk to you know young men about what do you want to do after your athletic career is over? What what are your aspirations? What are your goals? Also with young ladies as well, when possibly you could get hurt playing football or basketball, what do you have to fall back on? And essentially it comes down to one thing, your education. How educated can you become to make sure that you have a life that's enriching and full? And with the STEM environment, it opens up so many doors for our young people, particularly African-American kids, that they have so much potential using technology, using science, using engineering and mathematics, that there are careers out there now where they can make just as much, if not more money, than athletes, and this is on a consistent basis, that once they embrace the technology, learn how to use it effectively, and not be fearful of learning math and not be fearful of learning science, parents need to understand that these are the avenues that they should be steering their children to because if you look at careers now, most of them now require some level of technical knowledge, and it's only going to increase more and more in the future. Okay. So parents should probably not be hesitant then to expose their children to laptops and cell phones and that sort of thing, iPads, et cetera. Would that be a oh, place to start? Oh, definitely that would be a place to start. Um, just to give an example, my son is 21 now. When he was three, um, we used to sit in front of a little computer and there were programs called Living Books by Mercer Mayer, and there were reading programs. And we would sit in front of the computer and load the DVDs, and it would tell a story, and you could play inside the story. Well, that set the foundation for reading. But it was kind of like a game as well, but it reinforced reading, it reinforced letter recognition, it reinforced spelling, word recognition, and those type of programs parents should really instill in the use in the home. So instead of just having a video area in the home, parents need a book area to encourage reading but also have an educational area where they can use technology with their children. And the, and the cool thing about technology is parents don't have to know a lot about technology because children will accept it and they just suck it up like a sponge and they can learn from their children and it's a learning experience for the whole family. It encourages reading. It encourages the youth the learning of mathematics. So parents can make it a fun environment, and they can learn as well along with their children. So anytime there's access to technology, parents should just feel comfortable, but 
to go along with that, parents should be mindful that they should monitor their children's use of technology because technology also is a reflection of society, particularly when you get on the Internet and you're accessing social media sites. So, you know, it's a give and take. There are a lot of benefits, but parents should not be fearful. They should not be scared. They should encourage their children at any level to start using technology. So that program that you bought for your uh, son 18 years ago, is it still available? Actually, I believe the libraries have DVDs of living books, and it's a complete series, and it's very interactive. There are different stories. Uh, One, for example, um, if some teachers are listening, they may know uh, Mercer Mears, just Grandma and me, um, just Mama and me, just Daddy and me, going to the beach, those type of stories. But they were written in a book format by Mercer Mayer. So not only can you get in a book format at the library, you can also get a DVD. And the kids, once they see them and they use them, you know, it, it's just like a whole new world opens up. But also parents, I encourage parents to listen to them and interact with the technology also with their children because that opens up other avenues for students or children to use other types of technology that encourages them to get more involved in the math as well. Because if you make it fun, the kids are going to use it and they're going to learn from it. If you get into a mode where you're trying to force them to make them do it, kids are going to turn it off. So you have to make it fun, uh, you have to make it engaging, and you have to make it empowering so that everyone gets something from it and it just increases the desire to learn. What are some of the myths that you can dispel about urban children and technology? Well, unfortunately, there are too many myths and not enough positives out there about technology and urban children. One of the things that that urban children, and I really don't like to use the the term urban children because children are children anywhere you go. It doesn't matter. But um, just just the access to technology, that seems to be a challenge. And the fear of technology, that's one of the, uh, the challenges as well. Um, when I first started using technology, I played a lot of video games. I loved to play flight simulators. So there was a lot of science, there was a lot of technology and mathematics ingrained in flight simulators. I wasn't one to use the games where, you know, you just go around shooting up things and blowing up people, you know, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was more, you know, because of how I was in the technical area. And parents need to steer or should steer their children in that direction of flight simulators, problem solving, there's games that are called Sim City, that's S I M, that allows youth to build cities. Um, there are games out there that allow youth to build buildings. There are games out there that allow youth to build roller coasters. So just steering youth to those types of programs out there to get cognitive development, to reinforce math and the science, the technology and the engineering is beneficial. Inner city libraries and schools do have this access to technology. So I encourage parents to visit their public library, um, to talk to the media specialists at the school and get ideas about the access to technology at the public school because there's a lot of schools and where I am, particularly in Florida, that allow parents to come in certain times of during the day to use the technology 
and to be taught a little bit about technology. Uh, a lot of schools here in Florida have parent resource centers. Uh, we have one at our elementary school where we encourage parents to come in and sit down and use the computer, to apply for jobs, to go online to simulators about different things, learning about science and technology, and they can use those also for their children. But the main thing is to get out there, go to the libraries, talk to the media specialists, and have a desire to learn and use effectively. Speaking of uh, video games, have you been tracking the uh, first grader, Zora Bell, who I understand is the youngest person to have created a mobile app video game? Oh, yes, that that is wonderful. And that's just a, a wonderful example of a young person embracing technology and creating a dynamic future. I mean, there's, there's nothing that, that they can't do now. I mean, they're, they've embraced technology, and all they can do is just learn, continuously learn from it. And a lot of our youth have those abilities, but unfortunately the support and directing them by parents and by family members in those areas, hopefully this will, this will increase. Because once you see one young person do it, it's kind of like a domino effect. A lot of young people say, hey, well, they can do it, I can do it as well. Um, you see it in the sports environment continuously, um, you know, in the gymnastics field and basketball and football and track and field. But this enthusiasm that's in athletics has to be transferred over to the area of STEAM and technology because, as I said before, you know, not everyone is a top-level athlete. Not everyone's going to go to the NBA or NFL. And even if they're fortunate enough to do that, their careers are only going to be 10, 12, 13 years. So you still have to fall back on your um, your education, your abilities to use technology. Yeah, uh, app developments are becoming the new trend and occupation out there. And uh, Apple and Steve Jobs, uh, people of that uh, stature have created dozens of millionaires. Uh, what other advice would you give to educators and parents and to those people that are underemployed to break into well, the that? Best, the, the best advice that I can give them is, number one, look for different ways to market themselves and brand themselves and surround themselves by by um, positive people. I make it a, a point that the people that I associate with or call friends or, you know, am involved in the different things are people that have like-minded interests, um, that are people that, that I can go to if I need advice or suggestions or ideas and, and talk to, that people that are, are aware of the sciences, the technologies, the mathematics, because that's where my passion is, education. And if they want to grow, they have to get out of the mindset of they're locked in with a particular group. Change your friends, uh, change your environment, change your mindset, and be willing to learn something new. Education is not just um, restricted to the school environment. Education, you know, you can learn something every day but you have to be a part of a community of learners, a community that supports education and supports learning, particularly technology. There's so many opportunities out there now to go to workshops, to go to seminars, to go to conferences, and don't be scared to go to these environments or go to these events, but 
you know, encourage yourself, encourage your friends, encourage your children um, to go. And I reflect back on my kids. Anytime I went to a conference, anytime I went to a workshop, I took them with me so that they can be exposed to the technology and they can be exposed to people in those fields. So if they had questions and I didn't know the answers, I had someone that I could refer to. So here we're at a conference, and if my son asked me a question or my daughter, and I said, well, I don't know, I'm not sure, well, let's go over here to this table and let's go talk to this person. So that communication, that connectivity helps a lot. And just understand that there are people out there that are willing to support you and help you to grow. Uh, what national competitions uh, should these children be entering? Can you give us an example? Oh, yeah. There there's, there are national competitions. Um, recently, my school went to a competition down at University of South Florida, and it was an engineering expo. And it was so great to see so many children. It was over 3,000 children that were in attendance, and there were so many displays. Um, so many workshops for just kids from elementary to high school. And the cool thing about that was you could enroll some of the students in robotics competitions and math competitions and engineering competitions where they're given certain criteria either to build something, to design something, or to draw something. And the opportunity to compete against each other was just great because it was in a, in a format of, com- of camaraderie and friendship, but also competitiveness because you had to use your mental tools as opposed to physical tools in designing whatever the criteria was. So if your team was supposed to design a robot to perform certain functions, you had to work together as a team. So you had that teamwork element, then you had to impose mathematics and the engineering and technology as well. So there are multiple competitions across the United States. Um, schools just have to you know, research online, um, ask certain colleges and universities in their area as well if they have a competitive um, event that they can involve their children in or allow the children at the school level to take a field trip and being exposed to. Are you aware of the competition that airs on ESPN from our Orlando, Florida called FIRST, F-I-R-S-T? Unfortunately, I would have to tell you no. Okay. Well, it looks like there in your uh, state, uh, particularly in the city that you're in, uh, Jacksonville, um, are pretty up on the competitions and the engineering and the STEAM. What other states are making a concerted effort to incorporate STEAM into their education process? Well, from what I understand, Texas is moving in that direction. A lot of schools in Houston and Dallas, uh, California, well, you have Silicon Valley there. So, you know, there's a lot of school districts there that are embracing technology, um, that are embracing the, the STEAM model. And just to give a little history about the STEM and the STEAM, um, on a national level, a lot of schools were into the science, technology, engineering, mathematics to integrate it into the school curriculum because as a national model, many of our uh, high school and college students are in those areas of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And the effort or the push in STEAM was to encourage middle school and even elementary school students 
to have a foundation to understand opportunities that it opens up. Well, the, the arts was incorporated because from data, national data, it showed that the arts encouraged creative thought processes. It encouraged higher thought processes, and it also um, encouraged a way of thinking that um, isn't a standardized way of processing information or using information. So you transition from the STEM to the STEAM. Now, when you have the arts incorporated, the artistic nature of youth are really ingrained in the mathematics and the technology. So here you have an engineering level where students can actually draw if they're using a CAD program or computer animated design or they're drawing by freehand, they still have to understand a certain level of how to use different elements of art, how to integrate mathematics. Also, if they're using technology, that technology model as well. So you're transitioning from STEM to STEAM, which embraces all these elements, and now you have kids that are like, well, I'm good in the arts and drawing, so I can also be, so I can also have a benefit in the engineering and technology. So here mm-hmm. you have that transition, which it embraces kids with all different levels, and then you can teach to different learning modalities because, as we know, all you know, kids learn differently. So it's accepting and embracing the way that they learn. And is music included uh, included in the arts? Oh, definitely, music is. Um, if you look at the music industry now, there's so much technology that's used to develop music and modify music and change change music um, that, you know, you can't get away from the fact that in any studio you go to now, there's so much technology ingrained. You're, you know, you look around and you wonder, okay, well, how does the actual voice from the artist, how important still is that voice? And that voice is still important because that gives you the foundation to make that music. Or if you're doing an instrumental, students get an opportunity to understand or see the background of being a um, musical engineer or a musicologist or someone that, you know, behind the scenes you may not see them, but that, that song has to go under development. So if you're creating a CD, there's more than just singing songs and playing instruments. There's the technical aspect where you have to coordinate all of those songs onto a CD where you have to coordinate the length and the tone and the inflection and the different elements that go along with that, and the technology helps you see these different elements. So when we talk about the music industry, it goes beyond just, and slowly you can understand this, it goes beyond just the rapping aspect of it. Okay, just, just the, instead of just the lyrical part, you go into the dynamics of creating something that has meaning and value to it that, you know, people want to listen to and use their understanding, well, I don't just have to be a rapper. I can go in and be a musical engineer that monitors or modifies the music before it actually gets out there to be sold. Exactly. Um, Are you aware of or can you share with us any um, national competitions that are coming up here uh, in the immediate future? Well, I I can't pinpoint one, um, but, you know, with the spring coming up, there are a lot of national competitions coming coming up in different states. So my suggestion to teachers and parents are to uh, check with the engineering and technology 
departments at local colleges and universities. Also, go online and do a Google search or Yahoo search or Bing search in engineering competitions or STEAM competitions or STEM competitions because colleges and universities themselves understand the importance of having their students compete not just on the national level but on an international level, and this exposes their students to other students in other areas. So once you start this competitiveness, they're still going to be competing for jobs. So the skills they that they may not be aware of that they need now, through these competitive events, they understand, well, I need to brush up on my math, or I need to, under, I need to brush up on my understanding of uh, robotics, or I need to under, you know, brush up on my understanding of genetics. So there's a lot of different areas. Um, the youth that are interested in music as well, they can do a search online, and there, there are musical competitions where youth have to use um, musical software to create beats, um, to create songs, and just, you know, just go on YouTube itself, and you see the talent that's out there from youth that just, you know, just grab hold of the technology and use it. So my suggestion, again, is just to go online and search and check with local colleges, local universities, and even high schools. And um, where did you do your uh, undergraduate and graduate work? My undergraduate work was at South Carolina State University in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And when I attended there, my mind at that time wasn't even on technology. Um, my mind was on education because I, I desired to be a physical education teacher because I enjoyed working with children. Um, I was an athlete myself. I ran track, and I just liked, liked, liked the idea of using technology and Using it in a productive way when I started um, when I started working in public schools. So during my undergraduate, it wasn't even thought you know a thought of using technology in high school or college. When I started attending Webster University for my master's in educational technology, I was already using technology. I was already uh, conducting workshops, going to conferences, and presenting. But the degrees validate or they show your seriousness in embracing technology. So that way, if there's someone that, that's interested in teaching STEAM, um, you have to have that educational background. You just can't stop at um, a bachelor's degree or master's degree. In some cases, you need to move on and get your uh, doctoral degree as well. So I'm always encouraging you to go back to school uh, to stay in school because that is the area in education that's going to take them forward in the 21st century and 22nd century and beyond. Do you have any uh, public presentations coming up in the near future? Oh, yes, sir. I have three. I have uh, two presentations here in Jacksonville on social media, uh, safety on the Internet, and I have one presentation with a group uh, with the Urban League here in Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm presenting on bullying and cyberbullying, preventing bullying, um, being safe on the internet, uh, preventing, <coughs> excuse me, preventing cyberbullying. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, so the presentations allow me an opportunity to talk to youth who think sometimes, unfortunately, that when they're online they can basically hide 
or remain hidden, and they don't understand the value or the detriment of the content that they put online. They sometimes have this idea, or just because I'm on Facebook, you know, I can delete my Facebook account and nobody ever know I was there, or I can just, you know, turn off my Twitter account or my Twitter feed and nobody can find me, but they don't understand that. Once you put content out there, it always stays out there. It doesn't go away. And uh, a friend of mine with a group called E3 Business Group, uh, Tony Butler, always talks about a paradigm shift in technology. And that basically means that you need to understand that technology gets faster and smarter. So there isn't any way online that you can hide. Once you create a digital footprint or digital presence, you're always there. And, um, always and there. anyone can find you, yes. Yeah, very timely uh, subjects, William. Uh, give us some dates and locations uh, for those people in the uh, Jacksonville, Florida area that may want to uh, come by and check that out and bring their children with them. Oh, certainly. There's a, a workshop, the one with the Urban League here in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, on April 24th. And basically, it's not just myself but others that are going to be talking about different areas of education and business, entrepreneurship, uh, my area that I'm going to speak about really gets into the um, being cautious and aware about using technology in the form of bullying or cyberbullying because there are laws that have been passed now because of youth and teens and adults bullied and or cyberbullied that have either attempted suicide or committed suicide. So now um, the laws that are in place in different, si- in different states um, actually, it could be a uh, third-degree felony. And you have to understand that now they are being held legally responsible for their online behavior and actually their behavior in school. Bullying has gotten to the point now where um, two years ago, uh, President Obama and uh, First Lady Obama had a workshop at the White House on bullying and cyberbullying. So different places across the country as well um, are having this. I've I've had the opportunity to work with uh, Mayor Alvin Brown here in Jacksonville, Florida, and um, Dr. Donnie Horner, um, the Secretary of Education here, um, the Education Commission, excuse me, and there's a program that we have here called Learn to Earn, and basically uh, high school students get the opportunity to spend a week at local colleges learning about college life, but also Um, I had the opportunity to teach them about the benefits of using social media in an academic environment in college, but also how to be um, mature and responsible and accountable for their use of technology, that once you use it, you can be and are held responsible and accountable for what you post online. And uh, students need to understand now, even in high school, uh, juniors and seniors, when they apply for higher education, colleges now are researching their background as to um, what their online content is. They're looking at Facebook pages. They're looking at Twitter feeds. They're looking at YouTube videos to determine if these youth, these young people are mature enough that are using technology to be admitted into colleges and universities. And even the military, um, in some cases, are doing that as well. Okay, now that's April 24th in Jacksonville. 
It's going yeah. to be with the Urban League. What was the date of the yeah. other presentation? Um, the other presentation that I'm doing, actually, one is on uh, March 14th, and if I'm not mistaken, March 21st. That is with our, with our local high schools where I'm going to be talking about uh, safety on social media, uh, safety in cyberspace, so that way it gives the youth an opportunity, again, to understand um, the potential harm of inappropriate conduct, inappropriate conduct online. And if uh, people in the area um, want to contact you to find uh, out more about those presentations and maybe future presentations, or maybe invite you to speak to their school or group, uh, how would they contact you? Well, the best way to contact me is to uh, go to my website, and my website is williamdjackson.com. And that way they can get some contact information to contact me by email and by uh, voicemail. So that would be williamdjackson.com. Okay. Was that William E or B? D as in Derek. Oh, D as in Derek. Williamdjackson.com. Yes. Any other uh thoughts uh, that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, one of, one of the things that's important um, with the blog that I wrote about blurbs is that youth should understand that there's nothing wrong with being a geek or a nerd or a blurred because when you look at the dynamics of technology, technology is running or managing or incorporating different elements in our society. You can find out so much information about just about anything that you want. So our youth now have to understand that if they want effective careers, um, if they want the opportunity to travel, if they want the opportunity to um, be exposed to different technologies, whether it's in uh, the military or whether it's in civilian life or with different companies and or corporations, they have to embrace technology. They have to be mindful of the capabilities and empowerment of technology. That also means that parents need to encourage their, their children to read every day. They also okay. have to encourage them to want to learn mathematics every day. When they go to school, instilling them the idea and the understanding that education is what's going to help them in their lives. Athletics. It's good. I mean, you know, we're we're an athletic community nationwide with footballs and all our sports, but kids have to think about well, what happens after the athletic career and even the youth that are not interested in athletics, you know, the arts, using STEAM, um, integrating different types of technology, just going out there and learning as much as possible and visit their public libraries. There's just so much information out there and resources to help them in school to make themselves uh, a better user of technology, but they have to embrace it, not be scared of it, and parents need to encourage their children. And these are the careers with technology in the areas of STEAM that they should encourage their children to go into. Okay, and you mentioned uh, a blog. Now, is your blog available through your website, or is that a different... Uh Yes, my blog is available through my website, and basically I blog about technology, 
I blog about education, uh, safety online. So when they go to uh, William D. as in Derek Jackson dot com, um, they can look through the blogs that I've written. And when I write a blog, I love to incorporate resources. So it's not just my opinion. Um, it's just it's not just my experiences which I incorporate in that. But I also like to add resources that uh, when the reader reads the blog, they can click on the link and find out additional information. Being a, being an educator. I want to make sure that there's always available resources that parents can refer to and that children can refer to as well. Okay. Are there other websites um, that you could uh, recommend to our parents? Basically, what I would recommend is whatever area they're interested in, Mm -hmm. first go to their school that their child is attending and talk to the media specialist or library there. Um, also, as I emphasized before, go to your local library and talk to the library in there because I may give a resource, but I don't want to just limit it to a particular site. Um, the best thing that parents can do is to research themselves, and that also gives them an opportunity to learn as well and to learn with their children. So their local school, their librarian, I'm sure they have a lot of resources, and the media specialists or librarians at the local library. Also, what I like to do as well is if there's a question or information that's needed, they can either Google it or go to YouTube because YouTube allows that interactivity and and other links to other resources as well. And the cool thing about that is that it encourages the users to read, um, to be able to manipulate and learn how to use information as well. Okay, great. Um, William Jackson, I really appreciate your coming on the uh, show tonight, and I want to apologize for the technical glitch that we had. Uh, oh, that's fine. I, I enjoy being on and, and sharing this information, and I want to encourage parents to get out and just be involved in their community, find out as much information and share it with their youth. There's so much out there that's available, and you know, people that I associate with like Tiffany Duhart um, here in Jacksonville, Florida, that's, that's in the technology. There's a young man called Sharif Jackson. Um, he lives in Philadelphia. He is heavily involved in science, and that's his area. There's just so many people out here. Uh, for the girls, girls really need to be involved in technology. Actually, there's a site online um, that's managed by a young lady named Amanda Spann, and it's called Black Girls Hat. That's Black Girls Hack, and it's a site called Blurdology, and it encourages girls to use technology to learn coding. Um, it encourages minorities in the area of technology, so there are a lot of resources that are out there. Okay, and that was Black Girls Hack? Yes, Black Girls Hack. And uh, on Twitter, it's a hashtag Black Girls Hack, and online, it's blurdology.com. That's B L Blurdology. B L E R D O L O G Y dot com. Great, great. Well, you certainly encouraged me. Uh get out here and get involved with my grandkids and see what kind of direction they're moving in. Exactly. We've always encouraged the reading. Uh yeah. it's been and, and on, that's the foundation. Yeah, it's been going on quite a while. 
And I hope our listeners out there have been encouraged to get their children involved in reading, mm-hmm. for those that haven't, and, and the importance of reading. My father always told us, if you can read, you can do anything. Exactly. Not anything you can't do if you can read. And uh, I wholeheartedly believe that. And I'm certainly glad we're running out of time here. And I'm so glad that you uh, uh, took time out of your busy schedule to visit with us and our our audience tonight. They've been listening to uh, the gist of freedom, that's G-I-S-T, freedom. Our producer is Leslie Gist. Arthur and Historian. We're coming to you via www.blackhistoryblog.com. I'm your host. My name is Preston Washington. I'm a genealogist here in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm the president of the Midwest Afro-American Genealogical Interest Coalition. Our guest has been Mr. William Jackson, uh, educator, Jacksonville, Florida, Involved, he's a STEAM instructor, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, and getting children involved in all of those areas. Thanks again, Mr. Jackson, uh, for well, joining us. And, uh, yes, sir, and anytime you want me to come back and we can talk about bullying and cyberbullying and, and if we need to talk specifically about social media and the importance of that for youth, I'd be more than happy to come back. I'm sure we will be in touch with you uh, in the future for a future program. Take care, Mr. Jackson. Take care, everybody out there in the U.S. of A. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Okay. Okay.